For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and for business owners who want to know what really works with social media marketing. I'm really excited about today's show. Today, we're going to focus exclusively on content marketing. I'm going to have an interview later in the show with Marcus Sheridan from The Sales Line. We're going to talk about the connection of blogging and content marketing. And I'm also going to share what I believe is one of my most valuable tips with you. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and share that with you right now. Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip. All right, I want you to imagine that you have invested everything, all your energy, into creating this awesome piece of content that you just know people are going to love. It's going to help your business. Maybe it's that killer podcast. Maybe it's that spectacular ebook. Maybe it's a blog post. And guess what happens? Nothing. It remains completely unseen and invisible to the audience, the very audience that you're trying to reach. What the heck do you do? How do you make that content be seen? You know, you've always been taught and told all you got to do is create great content and it'll essentially get a life of its own. Well, that's not always the case. And I want to share with you what I believe is my holy grail of socializing your most valuable content. Now, assuming that you have truly valuable educational content that people are going to love and that they're going to want to share and that's free of hype, this is going to work. But first, let's step back and ask ourselves, when you do create great content, why is it that it doesn't get shared by other people? Well, I'm going to tell you the ugly truth because we're lazy. Yep, I said it. We're lazy. Unless it's made effortless for us, we're probably not going to go ahead and share it on all our social networks. And the challenge is, how do you make it so that it truly is effortless? Here's the solution. You embed social sharing in key strategic locations within your content. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the ability for someone to click a button with one action and share your content on networks like Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Google+. This can be accomplished when you embed social sharing. Social sharing can be embedded in a blog post, in an email, and even in a PDF file. When you place these share triggers strategically and people love your content, they're going to naturally want to share it. But if they have to actually copy your headline and craft their own tweet, that's going to be a nightmare. They're not going to do it. So the trick is to embed these things. What's the result when you embed these social share capabilities? Enormous amounts of traffic because people will now begin evangelizing it for you. Just imagine if 
only 10 people shared your content with their friends versus none. Uh, 10 is great. What if it was hundreds? If your content is really good, people are going to want to share it. And that's when these embedded embedded share things come in. I'm going to give you a quick example. Perhaps you've seen the social media marketing industry report. What we did in that report on every single page is we put social share buttons. So we had a graphic that represented each of the four major networks, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Google+. And all you had to do is click on any one of those graphics on any of the pages within that PDF file, and it would populate into the appropriate social networks. So if you want to see how it's done, go to socialmediaexaminer.com slash report2012. And if you're out and about and you've missed this URL, don't worry, you can get it at the show notes, which I'll tell you how to get to later. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. So that's my big tip of the day. Now what I'd like to do is transition over to my interview with Marcus Sheridan. To help simplify your social safari, here's this week's special guest. I am so excited to be joined by Marcus Sheridan. If you don't know who Marcus is, he's the founder of the very popular blog, The Sales Lion. He's also author of the ebook, Inbound and Content Marketing Made Easy. In addition to that, he owns a very successful, and I stress very successful, swimming pool company called River Pools and Spas in Virginia. And you'll learn a little bit later why he's so darn successful. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about content marketing and the power of blogs. Marcus, how are you doing today? Mike, um, as always, buddy, I am doing well and excited to talk uh, to your legions of fans, those social media examiner peeps out there. <laughs> awesome. So, um, Marcus, what do you say to folks that say blogging is dead, social networks, that's where it's all at? Okay. I got a I got a strong opinion about this one because I think the problem, Mike, is that we're actually defining or using the wrong word actually. Okay, I don't like the word blog very much because at this point where we are in the information and digital age, if you really look at it, a blog is just a way of formatting information. And that's that's really all it is. Even one company could have four or five different blogs. I mean, Google has four or five different blogs about new products, one's about information, one's about education. It's, you know, when someone says that, really what, what I think to myself is, would they also say that teaching is dead? And when they say communication is dead? Because, sure, blogging that's dumb, that doesn't work, um, that is has the complete wrong strategy, well, nobody wants that. Nobody wants to read that. But if you are the type of person or company that your singular goal is to teach people and your field and your industry better than anybody else in the world, and you happen to put that information in a blog format, you're going to be successful. And it happens in every industry. And so you've got the naysayers out there, but those people that, that say that, Mike, they're essentially saying good teaching is dead, which we both know is ridiculous. Absolutely. And, you know, part of, even though we are a social media examiner and we examine closely all the social media networking sites that are out there, 
one of the things that I believe is very important, and I'm sure you'll agree with this, is social media is not in your control. At the end of the day, all it takes is Facebook to decide to make one change and all of a sudden everything you've invested could be potentially no longer at your fingertips. And we've seen this happen time and time again. You know, the companies go out of business. Everybody seems to be putting their eggs completely into social media rather than having a destination. And oftentimes that destination can and should be a blog. Do you agree? Well, I mean, that's, that's the thing. The stuff that I write... I'm going to use it forever. It's going to help me in my ability to communicate with my prospects, with my existing clients. I can use that content on the blog. I can use that content in my email marketing. I can use that content to share my social media platforms. But the thing about it is that that content is mine, and I'll be able to use it forever. Even if they take the Internet away, Mike, I'm still going to have those thinking word documents that have the information that I've written about marketing. And nobody can take that from me. And so there's power behind producing the content. I could go on and on all day about the benefits to blogging. You know, you know I've written about that before. And most people have no idea just what it will affect or, or the effect it can have on a business and the employees and the brand and the culture. If everybody buys into the idea that they are a teacher and they're the best teacher in their field at whatever it is that they do, and they're willing to share that information with everybody else. So, Marcus, this kind of brings us up to content marketing. Uh, There's lots of people talking about content marketing. I would like to hear what your definition is for the folks listening today. How would you describe content marketing? Well, you know me. I'm not a real smart guy like like Jay Bear, who I love. (laughs) So... I, I, I don't come across as, I'm never going to use, I'm going to simplify this because that's the only way I know how to speak. To me, content marketing is teaching people through text or video about whatever it is that you do. That's it, man. That's it. What about audio? Well, that's a good point, too. I mean, obviously, I have a podcast, too, so I kind of missed that one. But, yes, audio. Audio, text, video, teaching them. Whatever it is that you do, that's all it is. But if you notice, the theme to me keeps coming back to teaching. I mean, you teach them. Now, you might be teaching them about an offer that you have, but you, you also might be teaching them about a significant question they have regarding your service or product, right? And so if somebody always has the mentality of teacher, content marketing totally makes sense. And you know what else, Mike? Here's the thing. I have People tell me content marketing is a buzzword. Well, that's a load of junk. Because, yes, content marketing, at least the style of it, has been around forever. Great teaching has been around forever. But we have to have a name for this thing that we do, whether it's a blog or whether it's a YouTube video or whether it's email marketing. All this includes content that we are producing and that we are pushing out to the masses. The masses are taking it in, and that's the way that they're developing their opinions on us, our company. Us individually. So I think content marketing is huge. And if you look online, the amount of people that have been using the word content marketing has exploded really over the last 18 months. I think it's going to become part of common marketing vernacular within the next 12 to 18 months. I really mean that. So, Marcus, let's break this down a little bit because a lot of people maybe have been fed this pipe dream that if they build it, they will come kind of mentality. And I would like you to explain 
whether there's any truth to that by sharing with us how you have used content marketing for river pools and spas. Can you give me a simple example of how you guys have used it and what the results have been? All right, a couple things, couple things. My pool company was in huge trouble when the housing market crashed. We were on the brink of going out of business. We couldn't afford to do any more advertising that we had always done. You know, radio, TV, print, AdWords was killing us, etc. And so we said, why don't we do this, this whole thing about Google and search and content, why don't we take every single question that we have ever heard from a prospect and turn that question into the title of a blog post? So, for example, one of the main questions that I got every single day was, how much does a fiberglass pool cost? Well, a great content marketer or blogger says, if they ask, I'm going to answer. They don't think about, oh, should I, should I talk about this subject? No. The person asked you, thus it should be on your website somewhere the answer that, to that particular question. Three years ago, nobody, if you can believe this, Mike, had ever answered the question, how much does a fiberglass pool cost, on their website. So we were the first ones that did that. That did that. Within the next 48 hours, we were number one on Google. For a mountain of fiberglass pool cost and price-related phrases. Now, because we track things and we can track, okay, how if somebody came into our website, they filled out this form, this was the first page that they visited, thus this was the keyword that they typed in to find us in the first place, thus this blog article or this page gets the credit because that page was optimized for that particular keyword that they searched, that one singular article, Michael, has made us $1.2 million in sales. One article. All of our business is done online, but that's, that's not just it. We used to have three-hour sales appointments with people to teach them about swimming pools. Stupid. Because we all do this in sales. We go and we answer the same questions over and over and over again. So why don't we answer those questions on our website? Why don't we shorten that sales cycle? And so now today, most of our people we actually reach an agreement with on the phone before we ever go out to the house. They've already taught themselves because they've spent so much time on our site. Three years ago when I started producing content and blogging, our website was 20 pages. Today it's 850. Mike, do you know the average person that has bought a pool from us this year has read 100 pages of the site? I have people that have read four, five, and 600 pages. I never thought that was possible for, like, who would dream somebody would read Five, six hundred pages about swimming pools. Well, apparently that's the case. But when I had 20 pages, I was like everybody else. So they would meet with me. They didn't trust me because I hadn't taught them anything. And they would get three other pool quotes. And sometimes we would get the deal. Sometimes we don't. Since we've done that, not only have the visitors exploded, because today we have the most trafficked swimming pool website in the world, all because we took every question we'd ever been asked and answered it and were willing to answer it, okay? Not only did the visitors explode, the leads explode, and furthermore, people spent more time on the site. They were more prepared when we got to the sales appointment, and the sales cycle closed drastically, but the margin for the sale went up because now people are getting way less quotes. It's great. It's all the power of content. I say again and again and again, content is the greatest sales tool in the world when used properly, when used properly. It can do magical, magical things. Never in a million years, if you had told me five years ago, Mike, you, if you told me you can reach price agreements with swimming pool shoppers 
on the phone before you go out to the house, if you teach them well enough on the forefront, I'd have been like, you're crazy, dude. No stinking way. And so now we do that every single day. Like I said, we usually reach the agreement before we get to the house. The problem, though, is this. Most industries naturally think, well, I'm the exception to the rule. They're hearing me on your podcast right now, Mike, and they're saying, well, you're a pool guy. Well, I'm not a pool guy anymore. I'm a marketing guy, and I teach people all about this stuff. I still own my pool company, and I'm telling you it works in all industries. It doesn't matter if you're a service because some people are listening right now. They're thinking, well, we're a service-based business. This doesn't apply to us. It's the exact same principle. What we're talking about here is the principle of communication and great teaching. If you're the best teacher in your industry because you've taken the time to answer the most questions, two parties are going to fall in love with you. Google and search. That's number one. You're going to get way more visitors. And number two, real people are going to fall in love with you for being sincere, transparent, and willing to take the time to invest in them and their problems and their needs. It ain't complicated. We just got to be willing to do it. Marcus, that's an awesome story. What I want to do is, um, first of all, encourage people that, at least from my personal experience, this has absolutely been the case. Uh, this is what I think makes Social Media Examiner special. This is what's made my prior companies special, is providing the kind of content that people normally could never get access to. But having said that, we both have to acknowledge that not all content is created equal. So Marcus, I just want you to share a couple of uh, quick thoughts on what makes for great content. Yeah, good, good question. What makes for great content is when you talk to the reader, like they don't know what the heck you're talking about. In other words, we all suffer from a sense of the curse of knowledge. We use acronyms that are in our field that nobody understands. Okay? We use words that nobody's ever heard of. Like my mom, she works uh, in the medical profession. She tells me what she did that day. I don't understand the things she says. I'm like, Mom, speak to me in your language. So if you're great at business, if you're great at communication and teaching, it's like you're a kindergarten teacher. Student raises hand. You always answer the question. You do not ignore it. And then you answer it in a way that you're not looking to sound intelligent, not looking to sound smart. You're just trying to answer the question. Furthermore, if you want to be great with content, you're willing to talk about the things that nobody talks about in your industry. For example, how much does whatever you sell cost? You don't have to talk about it like exactly. I didn't say in that one article exactly how much a fiberglass will cost. I said it, it, it depends. There's a range. There's these options and these accessories. But at least I was willing to address the question. What you cannot be is the ostrich with your head in the sand. I call that ostrich marketing. You pretend that the problem or the question is going to go away, that it's not going to come up, that, you know, they don't notice. They do notice. That's why they call this the information age. They know everything about you pretty much. So you might as well not hide anything. Just be out there. Just be forward. Just be straight with them, and you're going to be blessed for it. Talk in your voice. I write. If somebody goes to the sales line, if somebody goes to river pools, they're going to find this find this style is very similar. I write like I talk, and so when people meet me for the first time in person, they're like, you know, Marcus, you're exactly like I thought you were because I read you and you sound just like it. You, the way you talk is like you write. The way you way you write is like you talk. And sometimes people say, well, you need to sound super professional. Well, that's dumb because let's say. First of all, professional is dry, and, and, you know, that's that's just not very exciting. You can say that for a government website. The second thing is, when you meet with that client for the first time and they read your stuff, do you want them to feel like they just met somebody that they've never come across before? 
you want them to feel like they've been with you that whole time because it's the same guy they are reading on your webpage or in your videos or in your podcast. It's the same guy that they talk to face-to-face, and now the trust is way, way deeper, which means you're that much closer to earning their business. So um, you brought some really valuable tips here to the table, and I'm going to add a few of my own, but I'm first going to reiterate that I agree 100% that it's absolutely essential to speak in everyday conversational language. And sometimes the easiest way to do that is to just pick up your smartphone and record yourself speaking out the whole thing and then transcribe it yourself. Um, That is going to connect with people because you're going to sound real instead of like some marketing hype kind of stuff. The other piece of advice is to try to eliminate the marketing message from your stuff. And Marcus, you know, I think you agree with me on this, that if you have, if you answer their questions, then all of a sudden it's like turns into a pitch. Is that really what you're trying to do with this content? (laughs) I like to put it like this. It's called a blog, not brag. You can brag on your website. But for the love of Pete, on your blog, make that your education center where you answer all those questions. It's already assumed that you're awesome and smart because you actually were the one answering the question. So you don't have to brag further at that point. Now, should you maybe do something to continue the conversation, offer more articles for them to look at? Maybe a call to action where they can download your ebook. Maybe a contact button or something like that if they want to talk to you about it. Yeah, sure. But don't tell them that you're awesome because it's assumed and it'll turn them off. They want to figure that out on their own. Marcus, um, so let's say that I've got a blog or everybody who's listening is sold on the idea of a blog. But the question that remains that might need to be lifted up to the boss is how do I actually connect the blog to business results, what 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 would be some tips or suggestions that you would give to folks to, to go from that great piece of content to ultimately connecting it to revenue? Yeah, that's a pretty exciting question. So earlier, earlier I mentioned that I had one article on my blog make me one point two million dollars in sales. How do I know that? I know that because I have places on my website where people can fill out forms. And I have analytics that will track those forms so that I know how that person came into the system, what the keyword was. Was it direct? Was it pay-per-click? Was it a referral from another website? Or was it an organic search? And so because of that, I'm able to say, okay, they typed in fiberglass pool cost. Therefore, they landed on the fiberglass pool cost page. Therefore, that blog article gets the credit. See, most people don't have good analytics. Now, I use HubSpot. It's not the only one. It's certainly a good one. I, I was, um, HubSpot is really where I learned a lot of the stuff. I'm, I love the product. I love the fact that I can track true return on investment. That's, that's the first thing um, that you can do. But th- there's a second side to this, talking about business and sales. When salespeople in a company are aware of the content that's been produced, Every piece of content within that company is like, it's like ammo for them. It helps them be more effective. It's like another tool in their tool belt. And they have to be aware of the content, and then they have to use that same content to communicate with their prospects. If somebody in your sales department is sending out an email and they've had a sales appointment, they're like, okay, Mr. Jones, I'm just following up from our sales appointment the other day. 
I hope you enjoyed yourself. If you have any questions, let me know. That's dumb, Mike, because that's a breakup letter, and people send them, like, thousands and practically millions of those emails go out a day. Instead of sending that to Mr. Jones, you need to send out uh, an email that sounds like this. Hey, Mr. Jones, it was great meeting with you Friday. You know, you addressed a particular concern you had in that meeting, and I've included in this email a video and two articles that we've written and produced that answer that specific question, and I know they're going to help you resolve this concern. In fact, I'm going to follow back up with you in two days so you can let me know what you think. Hugely different, Mike. One's a breakup letter where you know they're not coming back, and the other one is using the content in the sales process. The moment somebody in sales realizes the power of content, they're going to use the content, and that's also why I'm a strong believer that every salesperson should should be a participant in the company blog because they're the ones that are hearing the questions of the consumers every day. They're the ones that are answering the questions of the consumers, the prospects, the clients every day. Therefore, they're some of the best teachers in the world at what it is that they do. Unfortunately, most companies, man, they don't ever give them that opportunity. So you got one silo that's the marketing department. you got one silo that's the sales department. They don't have any crossover. Nobody's talking, and everything's broken. It's unfortunate because that's the way that it is in most businesses. I got one more question for you, and here's the question. I want you to think about something that you've been experimenting with recently when it comes to blogging. Maybe it's a blogging tip. Maybe it's a new content idea. Maybe it's a new way to do something you've been doing for a while. But I'd like you to share one of the cooler tips that you've recently started experimenting with and began seeing results with when it comes to content marketing. I have to give you two. First one, what I now do is I go into companies literally around the country and I say content marketing is a culture and we can all be teachers. I've gone, I've gone to companies. Um, heck, you featured one on Social Media Examiner just the other day. Um, on block imaging, They're a, they, they do refurbished medical imaging equipment like MRIs, and they sell them around the world. they got lots of smart people that work for them, but at one point in time, they just had one person in a company of about 80 that was producing content. So we went in there and we explained what content marketing is and how it can benefit the whole company in terms of leads, traffic, sales, branding. And we talked about how each person is a teacher. And... So many of their employees said, you know what, I am a teacher and I can help with this. You know, we're, we can be a part of the marketing department. We can work with sales. And so they all morphed together, merged together. And what's happened is their brand and their blog, their website has exploded and they're selling more. The magical things have happened because they've made it a culture within the company. It's not a silo. That's the first one. The second one has to do with content marketing tipping points. This is powerful. Now, we've all heard the phrase tipping points. But with content marketing, there's a tipping point. Let me explain. At the beginning of 2011, I was tracking the number of people that had filled out a form on my website, on my pool website, but not bought a pool. I compared them with the people that had filled out a form and bought a swimming pool, trying to figure out what's the difference between the ones that filled out a form but didn't buy versus the ones that did buy. And after I looked at that for a while and compared their stats and analytics, one number just jumped right out at me. And that number was the number 30. In other words, 30 page views. If I could get somebody, Mike, to read 30 pages of the site before we went on the appointment, they would buy 80% of the time. If they were below that number, 
then the closing rates plummeted. If they went above that number, all of a sudden they started reading way more than just 30 pages. But it had a dramatic effect on the closing rate. There was a tipping point there. It was 30. When I realized that, I said, oh, my heck. Now I just got to make sure that people read 30 pages of my content before I get to the site. The industry average is 15% closing rates for swimming pool appointments. Ours is 80%. How is that possible? It's only possible because of content, but they reach a tipping point. I've been teaching tipping points now across the country. I'm going to teach you next week content marketing world. The thing about tipping points is every industry has it within each product and within each service. If you can figure out what that number is, that magic number, that time spent on site, the pages viewed, you're going to find your closing rates go up. It goes back to the phrase, and I'll close with this, that mom used to always tell me. If you hang around the barbershop long enough, you're going to get your hair cut. That principle applies to marketing online. If people spend enough time on your site, they will become a customer. But you've got to put the content out there. You've got to make it valuable. You've got to be a teacher. And if you do so, you'll start to see amazing benefits. Well, Marcus, thank you for teaching us today. Where can people learn more about you? Uh, Where do you want to send them? Well, in my pleasure, Mike. And uh, I have a site called The Sales Lion, L-I-O-N, thesaleslion.com. I got an e-book on there. You mentioned it early on, Inbound and Content Marketing Made Easy. It's about 250 pages. It's awesome. It's free, and it's been downloaded thousands of times all over the world, and it's really changed lives and businesses. And I don't say that lightly. It's true, and it's a labor of love. It took me about two-plus years to write. So they can find me there, thesaleslion.com. Marcus Sheridan, thank you so much for taking some valuable time out of your day today to join us for the Social Media Marketing Podcast. You're welcome, brother. Well, you've got to love the passion that Marcus Sheridan has for content. It's simply outstanding. If you want to uh, learn more, as Marcus mentioned, thesaleslion.com is the place to go. I would go there and study his content. Look at how he's actually writing all the content on his site. Find the link to uh, the River uh, Pools and Spa site and take a look at what they're doing there as well. Um, If you want to get the show notes for today's show, you can visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash seven, the number seven. That'll get you to uh, all the links and all the things that we've talked about in today's show so you don't have to worry about writing anything down right now. Well, folks, this brings us to the end of yet another social media marketing podcast. I can't believe it's already episode seven. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I hope you're enjoying this ride. If you like the podcast, I'd love it if you could do me a huge favor and head over to iTunes and give us a rating um, and a review, ideally. This does a couple things. First of all, it encourages me to continue uh, with this show, but it also, more importantly, helps other people discover the Social Media Marketing Podcast because the way it works is the more people that rate and review us, uh, the more we're shown in the top business shows. And I just want to say thank you. We have consistently been one of the top uh, marketing and business podcasts on iTunes. Thanks to your doing this. Also, I want to encourage you to get out there and uh, download the podcast app. And subscribe to our show, especially if you're on an iPhone. It's this just absolutely incredible app that just downloads all the shows automatically for you. And you can listen at your convenience. I just hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to 
change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. If you're like so many fellow marketers and creators and entrepreneurs, you're probably wondering, how do I put AI to work? Well, be sure to listen to the AI Explored podcast, a new show from Social Media Examiner hosted by yours truly, Michael Stelzner. Again, check out the AI Explored podcast.